Spun off from the fictional Adams Family, Wednesday starring Jenna Ortega and directed by Tim Burton dropped on Netflix November 23rd. We're here to discuss the pilot, Wednesday's Child is Full of Woe, go through the pros and cons, rate whether it's worth a watch. It's November 26th and you're listening to today's episode. Before we jump into the pilot here, we got to address the elephant in the room. You're not going to be talking much this episode. You just came back from Amsterdam where you lost your voice. I got laryngitis. Yes. Yeah. So you can pop in there with a random fact or a question. I might ask you one or two questions, but other than that, you don't have to talk too much. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So I had a lot of optimism, though, heading into this series because you got Netflix freedom. Mm-hmm. Tim Burton's attached. Danny Elfman's doing the music. Uh, you got a rich cast. You've got a good lead in Ortega, who I've seen in You, X, Babysitter 2. Um, and then there was like this question around whether or not Uncle Fester was even going to be there, sort of like Ed in Cowboy Bebop. Yep. So there was a lot like of mystery in it. And it was a fresh premise because it was just going to follow the, follow the Wednesday character. And so a lot of momentum. I do have to ask you, though, what do you know about the Adams family. I actually didn't know that much. I knew that they came out with the movies. And then uh, just from research on this, Charles Adams, like he wrote some comics for it. And then, the, the, of course, the famous 1960s television show came the, out. The comics happened after, right? Actually, no, the comics came out in The New Yorker in 1938. And then Charles Adams, he wrote himself as a character and he shows up in some of the films and narrations and the TV shows. I never watched the TV show. I never read the comics. But what I did know was the song. Yeah, like everybody knows the song. I used to actually watch the Munsters on TV Land, so which was like a very similar premise, right? They're both like goofy, spooky, like crazy families. One with a Frankenstonian, like, and the other one's sort of vampirish. So the pilot's name is Wednesday's Child is Full of Woe, and they actually explain that in the episode. It's an old nursery rhyme. Have you ever heard of it? No. Okay, it goes: Monday's child is fair of face, Tuesday's child is full of grace, Wednesday's child is full of woe, Thursday's child has far to go, Friday's child is loving and giving, Saturday's child works hard for a living, and the child born on Sabbath day is bony and blithe, good and gay. So that's what she's named after. And they were like, oh, so you were born on Wednesday. No, she was born Friday the 13th. Guess who else was born Friday the 13th? I was born Friday the 13th. Do you know what day you were born? No, I didn't. Wednesday. So I guess it's fitting that we're doing this show. So it begins, though, with her at Nancy Reagan High School, which I think is a joke of itself because Nancy Reagan was so straight-laced, like she, no drugs, you know, that whole thing. And obviously they're not into drugs, but they're definitely into the wicked right. evilness of stuff. And so she attends that. Pugsley, her brother, also attends that. But he's bullied a lot. He's called Pigsley. And so he's been stuffed in a locker in the first scene. He has an apple in his mouth like a pig. And that's when uh, she has her first vision and we see her, like, figuring out it was the jocks. And that's when she goes to the pool. If you've seen the trailer you know the scene she drops the piranhas into the pool they come out they eat one of the guy's testicles and that's when she has to get kicked out and go to nevermore academy now i do have a bit of a plot issue with it so her parents actually attended this school and they seem very hyped that she's going there at the same time it's the eighth time that she's been uh expelled from a school why is it taking it so long for them to think of the school that they went to for for her to actually go there like, I would think that once she's been expelled once, they'd be like, okay, let's send you to the weird school with all the outcasts that we love. So, so, so I didn't understand that part. But they're on this ride. We actually get to see Morticia, Gomez, and Lurch. 
And so, like, we see the whole family there. Lurch, I feel like, is a big character in the movies and, and, and even the TV show, but he was, like, such a side character here. I don't even know who played him. But her mom is played by Catherine Zeta-Jones, and I thought the relationship between her and her mom, which I think is now, like, there's there's definite, definite tension there. There's, like, teenage angst and stuff. But, like, in the show, I don't think that's how it was. I think she was much younger in the show. Yeah. But in the movies, I can't, uh, like, I think that she was weirder in the movies, right? Like, that's why Christina Ritchie is so famous as playing her, because of her weird eyes and stuff. And um, she's actually in this show as well. She plays, I think, one of the teachers. Anyways, they're at Nevermore Academy, and that's where you see her parents and Wednesday talking to the principal who had was a roommate of um, Morticia when she went there. And Morticia was like the class queen. She uh, was the fencing champion, and uh, her daughter doesn't want anything to do with her. But anyways, they introduce um, Wednesday to her new roommate, who is like the foil to her because she's very colorful and she has her whole room in like rainbow and uh, she's really into like exactly social opposite. media and stuff. And, and so obviously that's going to lead to them becoming friends eventually. So that's where Principal Williams sort of leaves Enid to take over and show uh, Wednesday the ropes. Um, they're already in Ophelia Hall, as in like Hamlet, Ophelia who like killed herself. <laughs> uh, and so Enid takes her to the quad but that's actually a pentagram. And when uh, they go in there, there's like different um, clicks. Yeah. And the different clicks are the fangs, the furs, the stoners and the scales. That means werewolves, vamps, sirens and the stoners, I guess, are just stoners. But they kind of mix in like there are her Enid's friend is a siren who also is a stoner. So I guess he fits into both clicks. Also, we get like a little recap on like there's the school like new queen, right? And she's like really good at fencing as well. And she just broke up with her boyfriend that comes into play later. Uh, then we miss, meet um, Christina Ritchie as Miss Thornhill. And she just stopped by to say hi and basically say that she's in the show. Um, unlike Uncle Fester, who they wait until doing the ad at the very end of the episode. There's an ad for the rest of the season where he pops up there. And so I know who plays him, mm. but it's weird how they just decided to give. Also, Miss Thornhill gives Wednesday a Black Dahlia and one of my favorite jokes was she was like, oh, this is my favorite unsolved murder. And it's like, that is such a gruesome case for a kid. Can't wait, so can, can I ask, can yeah, we go yeah, back yeah. to the ad? So yes. they showed an ad at the very end of the of episode. a Netflix show. Yes. That usually doesn't happen a lot. Right? Like you could just end up watching all of them or just binging them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, it, but again, this is a world where the up is down. Rainy is actually a beautiful day. She's allergic to colors. Um, we see kind of an independent storyline where they're in this town. There's a town next, right next to the school that's called Jericho, about 20 minutes of a walk. But like other than that, there's a forest between them and there have been murders happening. And so we see this hitchhiker get like dropped off and warned about it and then suddenly he's attacked and killed and his body's been like dismembered and <laughs> speaking of dismemberment um as uh, gomez and morticia are driving away in their hearse from the school they drop off the hand thing to uh the, the dismembered hand that, that to like go mm, in and follow yeah, yeah. uh wednesday and like watch her make sure that she gets along okay um and <laughs> i mean things a cool character and they still make it look sort of stop motiony even if it is cgi they originally wanted to make the show stop motion but, but they couldn't but they can't right? yeah but they did sort of did the, the, the i think they just cut the frame rate so that mm -hmm. it made it look like it was um and you can't not be a fan of a severed hand that like has a personality uh yeah so, it's like it's like the cape of dr strange yes and i found out the friend's name who has the siren who has like uh yeah snakes coming out of his head or whatever his name is ajax so wednesday goes fencing 
Apparently, she doesn't need to actually go to lectures because her <laughs> grades are so good. So she just goes straight to fencing and she challenges the self-appointed queen bee who likes to flaunt her superiority with the sword. And they both fight and they both get a point. And then it's a military challenge. That's where Wednesday whips off her mask and she's like, no more masks, no tips on the swords. We're going to, winner takes first blood. And so then she loses and she gets cut on the face. And so then she's getting stitched up by the nurse or whatever. And they just allow that. Yeah, because this is a school of, like, evil. Also, the vampires have been there for, like, decades. So, like, some of those kids are, are very Twilight-ish where, like, they can just attend school no matter how. It's not creepy at all, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rowan, the kid who uh, the Queen Bee was originally facing and who was beating up on, um, he was happy. He was like, thank you for helping me. Um, thank you for sticking up for me. We're outcasts in a school of outcasts. It's weird, but, like, we, we can bond over that. So, at first, I thought he was going to be, like, a love interest of hers. Mm. But then we find out um, as she's walking out of the nurse's office, a gargoyle statue from the top just like topples over and almost lands on her. But then she's saved by this other dude who just pushes her out of the way, whose name is Xavier Thorpe. And he was actually the guy who used to be dating the queen bee of the school, but they had recently broke up. I think he is this a siren is, as well. This does feel like a CW show. Yeah, but he already likes her. Like they, he knew of her because apparently they had attended a funeral together um, in the past. It was like his grandma's. And so he absolutely is a love interest because you can tell that he has eyes for her. Um, and that's when she goes to therapy. Principal Williams drives her there and she knows that Wednesday is planning to escape. So she's like, I'm keeping my eye on you. And she's literally sat situated in the car outside of the therapy office while Wednesday goes in there. And unlike most her therapists who she's able to like mess with. This one has read her work and her work is a like she likes to type on a typewriter. And so she's written this story about like a teen uh, investigator who has a problematic uh, relationship with her mother. And obviously it's just a parallel of her. So the therapist is really diving into that. And that's when Wednesday is like, I'm out of here. So she goes to the bathroom and she like slips down the drain shaft. And, <laughs> like it's a two story building, but you see her just like fly down. And then uh, and, and obviously the principal Williams doesn't notice. So she makes her way to a coffee shop and she's like, I need to get a taxi. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And the coffee shop person though is busy with this espresso machine. He just can't take his eyes away from it. He's like, this thing is broken. I can't do anything about it. She's like, I'll fix it. But in return, you have to call me that taxi. And he's like, um, we don't have taxis here. Do you have Uber? And she's like, no. And he, she's like fiddling with the knobs and stuff and fixing up the uh, espresso machine. And then finally he's like, oh my God, you did such a tremendous job. I will drive you wherever you want to go. He's around her age. So another love interest. But um, she's like, well, I got to go now. I'll make it worth your while. She pulls out a bunch of 20s and he's like, um, I'll pass, but wait an hour and then I'll be off work and I'll do it. And so she's just waiting in the booth when these pilgrims kind of, so these guys dressed in pilgrim outfits because Jared, yeah. <laughs> they're a bunch of kids, but they're like bullies and they walk in and they see her and they're like, Oh, it's one of the, uh, nevermore people. We're going to mess with her. And so she stands up and beats them all up. There's three of them. Right. Mm, okay. <laughs> and that's when Tyler runs over. He's the espresso machine guy. And he's like, Oh my God, you beat all these guys up. And then the sheriff walks in and sheriff is Tyler's dad. We've seen him one time because he was doing the murder investigation outside and he was trying to figure out like what was going on in the woods. Right. And so he sees Wednesday and he's like, wow, this little girl beat all those people up. And then he's, what's your name? And she's like, Wednesday Adams. And he's like, I know the Adams name. Uh, Gomez Adams should be in jail for murder. And then you don't s stick around with this girl anymore. And so he like shies Tyler away from her. And then that's when the principal walks in and she's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Wednesday got lost. And then she like shuffles her into the car and they drive back to Nevermore. After that, though, we get the cello scene. And again, this is just another rendition of the thing we've heard before. So I liked it and I didn't like it at the same time. Enid 
confides to her because it's a full mood that she can't actually fully hulk out. The only thing she can do is make her nails super sharp. And like, <laughs> but like, unless she is able to uh, become a wolf, she's going to be, become a lone wolf. She'll be kicked out of the whole camp or her, her whole uh. pack. And so she's afraid of that. But at the same time, that sounds like the perfect deal for Wednesday. She's like, oh my God, I so, wish I had so that So even problem. if there's a full moon, she cannot completely... Not yet. Huh, okay. So it's, it's it reminded me a little bit of what was that superpower movie where the guy got his superpowers really late? Um, Sky High, right? <laughs> and it's so like she's obviously eventually going to be able to turn into like a super wolf or something. It also reminds me a little bit of Hotel Transylvania too, because there was a similar plot line in that. She, apparently, she's seen a lichenologist about it, but that's when Enid gets really really sad, and uh, there's this moment where Wednesday is like. I've cried before one time in the past. So I had a pet scorpion. And this was the best part, I think, because they did a backflash. I was waiting for a backflash <laughs> the entire episode for something. And they finally got a backflash. You see the pet She's scorpion. like six years old. She's walking her pet scorpion. And the pet scorpion's just a <laughs> froggy little guy. He's just like walking around the street. And guess what? More bullies show up. And these bullies grab the scorpion and put it on the road and start driving over it with their uh, with their bikes. Until I mean, they, they seem like brave people to grab a scorpion like that. Well, I, it was on a leash. <laughs> It was a scorpion <laughs> on a leash. It was the nicest thing. And then they killed it. And that's when she cried. And then she swore off ever crying again. And <laughs> also she catches things spying on her. And she like makes it swear to her. Like but that, how, that, you, that it would help her. Speak. Like, you, how did yeah, it? Well, it taps and stuff. Uh, it okay. definitely has a personality. And so then she sends thing to go talk to Tyler, actually bring it a phone call, like have a phone call with it. <laughs> and she uses Enid's phone to Skype over the phone or whatever, you know, FaceTime. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> and that's where she's like, meet me at the festival the next day. And then you'll drive me out of here. And then Tyler's like, absolutely. I will. <laughs> Cause uh, he's in love. And so then Wednesday ditches the principal at the fair the next day, which apparently she's allowed to go to, even though she's, like, shown that she's untrustworthy. <laughs> and she bumps into Rowan just as she's about to leave. And she gets another vision, but this time of the future. Um, we've seen a couple of these before, nothing really noteworthy other than that she can predict people's deaths. But she sees Rowan die, like, really soon. And so she, like, runs into the forest after him, following him, being like, wait, 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 wait. And he's like, why are you following me? Uh, and then she's like, you should be afraid because, like, something's after you. And he's like, no, you should be afraid. And then he uses his telekinetics to, like, throw her against the tree. <laughs> And that's where he says there's this revelation that obviously he's evil, but that his mom had a prophecy that she was going to destroy the school. And he shows her like this book page that has her on a, and, like drawn on, you know, from the uh -huh. olden times. And, uh, and he's like, I have to kill you now. And then the monster, like a giant Shimagami gargoyle hunchback thing, like towering, just comes out of the forest, rips the guys to shreds. Like, his stomach, his mm -hmm. guts are hanging out. And uh, that's when uh, Wednesday falls to the ground. And she's just like, oh, wow. Well, that it's was not TV M8, though, right? It's TV 14. Yeah, it's TV 14. It wasn't that scary of a monster, but it was still cool looking. Um, and it kind of gave her a look back and was like, oh, I'm your friend. And then, <laughs> and then it left. Um, <laughs> and that's where Wednesday has her Zoom call at the very end of the day, kind of ex discussing everything with her parents. And her parents are like, so how's it going? She, she says she's decided to stay. They're thrilled about that. But in her head, you're like, she wants to solve these mysteries that's going on. And then she smiles at the camera all wickedly. And that's oh, breaks where it cuts. The wall. Yeah. I mean, it's the Adams family. It's 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 goofy. Oh, at one point, the character uh, Tyler said to her, he was like, you're not really creepy. You're just kooky. And then she's like, I prefer spooky, as in like the song. So they did they did try to pay homage to that a little bit. Um, the show reminded me a lot of Little Demon. 
Um, because again, a girl struggling with her newfound powers, you have a series of unfortunate events, kind of that tone, that atmosphere, chilling adventures of Sabrina very much so because of, again, the school that she's now attending and the fact that she's sort of evil, um, haunting at Hill house, Theo's Mm. character. Also the estates and haunting of Hill house, uh, lock and key, the Sabrina, uh, show, like all of them sort of look the same. They're all out of any town and they're very big mansion-y type things but like this school looks a lot like those six out of ten though i think that this pilot was trying too hard to sell us on wednesday when we already were the cons were the length of the show um the lack of meaningful story development Mm. um there's i'm not knocking the jokes or the sarcasm those were good but there were too many bully scenes we saw the bully scene with pugsley at the beginning we saw the pilgrims bully scene midway through and then we got the scorpion bikers bully scene we didn't need three bully scenes and then like nothing on the actual plot that's going to guide the rest of the show like that seems ridiculous but 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 overall i think that people should watch it and i probably will get to it eventually it's just not going to be high up on my list yeah okay so i mean the show's gotten pretty good reviews it has a 71% on Rotten Tomatoes. Again, people uh, praise Jenna Ortega's role, but they say it's too much like a CW show. However, despite that 71%, this is actually the highest scored Adams Family adaptation since the 1960s version. But I knew it would be, and that's what makes me disappoint because I, I wanted it to even beat those expectations, yeah. you know? Because it was all automatically set with all the casting and the directorial choices and like all the, the budget that they probably yeah. stuck into this. So, But you wanted it to elevate itself beyond say the sabrina no i understand what you mean tim burton did do what he did with a lot of other things he like reconnected with a lot of people that he's worked with in the past the creators alfred go and miles miller they worked on things like smallville uh into the badlands spider-man herbie fully loaded the shannara chronicles he even bought like I think, herbie fully loaded yeah. <laughs> was a tim burton movie no but these are the people that he connected with because he did ed wood with them oh going back in the 90s yeah they those people they did herbie fully loaded Herbie so. Fully Loaded, Tim Burton style would have been a crazy. Yeah, well, like he, the, release the Tim Burton cut. <laughs> he also got the costume designers and uh, some of the set designers from other things as well. Yeah. But uh, this has had like kind of a short history that I'll touch on. Back in 2010, Tim Burton, he wanted to write a stop motion version of The Addams Family, uh, and he would help co-write and co-produce it and possibly even direct. And it was paired with Illumination. Does that uh, production company sound familiar at all? Illumination? Illumination. Illumination. Um, it's, uh, nope. They've done Minions. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In July of 2013, Illumination scrapped it along with Waldo. Uh, the Adams Family, and then they abandoned a Woody Woodpecker pick and didn't end up making the Clifford the Big Red Dog movie. Now, the thing that I find strange about that is that not only did they do this, but also Woody the Woodpecker came out with a movie in 2017. The big uh, Clifford the Big Red Dog came out with a movie like last year. Yeah, I thought that's where you're saying it was headed. <laughs> yeah, and then Waldo, I think it was like a Peacock series from like 2019 to 2021. So all the things that Waldo was a series. Yeah, a, a kid, it? a kid series, oh. a really, really kid series. Okay. But all those things that they scrapped end up coming out later on. And then uh, in October 2020, reports came out that Byrne was doing his first major live-action TV series. As he later called it, it was his first real foray into television. And at the time, MGM had the IP rights with multiple buyers bidding for it. So it wasn't just Netflix. A ton of people were coming after it. And then, yeah, Netflix got it. And then they got Christina Ricci at like the last second of March 2022. And then they shot in Romania from, uh, I think, October to March of this year. Okay. So, and as an 8.5 on IMDb, critic reviews have been kind of down the middle. 
Uh, Den of Geek gave it like three and a half out of five stars. Decider said stream it. The Independent gave it like two out of five stars. And again, a lot of it is just the fact that they don't really like the romance angle of it. But I didn't, I, see, I didn't have a problem. I wasn't like put off by that. I just felt that. And, and I didn't even feel like that part was too overbearing in this episode. Because as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, they're doing the same thing that all these other shows have, have done. And I'm fine with that. They're, they've also done the same thing that Hawkeye has done. That's one of the shows mm-hmm. I didn't say that. Because she's a rebel personality. She's been kicked out of school. She loves fencing. She gets cuts on her faces and she's a loner. That is Hawkeye, Hawkeye, Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> but I didn't have a problem. My mo- My main thing was probably how much bullying compared to actual plot development. Like yeah. they just felt like they were like with two of those scenes, they could have put it in. And I think the spider scene or the, sorry, the scorpion scene worked really well. I think the beginning scene worked really well. I think the pilgrim scene was really <laughs> stupid and it didn't need to be done. Cause we get it. The Jericho people are a little put off by the Nevermore Academy people who are right next door. <laughs> well, I'll just end it with a couple facts about mm-hmm. the production. So in the cafe, the wall is decorated with weather vanes that feature imagery from Burns past movies. Mm-hmm. And then the gargoyles that are at the sh- uh, school represent different supernatural creatures who would attend school i guess i would be put off by the relationship thing if i thought it like would affect their canon like i cannot see her marrying and then having them in the family of the adams family as a whole but that'd be that'd be interesting all right well if that's it yep yep thanks for listening we'll see you in the next episode hope you enjoyed this one bye bye